Hello and welcome to SigmaCast, a series of interviews and discussions with prominent healthcare providers from around the world. My name is Dr. Matt Howard, the Director of Scholarship Resources at Sigma. Today, we'll be continuing our overarching discussion on clinician issues, including clinician burnout and suicide. We are joined today by the authors of the recent publication, The Mind-Body Strong Intervention for New Nurse Residents, Six-Month Effects on Mental Health Outcomes, Healthy Lifestyle Behaviors, and Job Satisfaction by Drs. Marlene Sampson, Bernadette Melnick, and Jacqueline Hoying. Thank you all for joining us today. We're glad to be here. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Dr. Sampson, we'll begin with you. Yes, sure. I'm Marlene Sampson, and I am currently the Associate Director for Nursing Education at the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center. And part of my responsibility is as director of the Buckeye Nurse Residency Program. And that's uh, primarily what I do and primarily where this research took place. Thank you. Dr. Melnick? Yes, it is great to be with all of you today. I have the pleasure of serving as vice president for health promotion the university's chief wellness officer, dean, and professor of the College of Nursing, as well as executive director of the Helene Fold Health Trust National Institute for Evidence-Based Practice. And I also serve as the editor for our terrific Sigma Journal, Worldviews on Evidence-Based Nursing. Thank you very much. Dr. Hoying. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for asking us. Um, I serve as an assistant professor at The Ohio State University and work with Dean Melnick as a principal investigator on her research team. We look at mental resilience and certainly mental health and healthier lifestyle interventions. And so it's a delight to talk about Mind Body Strong today. Thank you again all for joining us. Can you tell our listeners about the Mind Body Strong for Healthcare Professionals program? Tell us about what it is and a little bit about its origins, if you will. Yes, Matt. This program actually was birthed about 25 years ago. I have spent the last 25 years really refining this program and testing it. We today have a mental health epidemic going on through this country. But back about 25 years ago, there was such a gap in evidence-based interventions for children, teens, and young adults. We all know about one out of five children, teens, and adults experience a mental health problem, yet less than 25% get any treatment. The other thing we know is the best evidence-based treatment for mild to moderate depression 
and anxiety is cognitive behavior therapy. So I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner and a pediatric nurse practitioner with an adolescent specialty. And I thought 25 years ago, how could we bring evidence-based CBT treatment to so many children, teens, and young adults suffering from depression and anxiety. So I'm a specialist in cognitive behavior therapy, and I thought, why don't we manualize cognitive behavior therapy, which I call cognitive behavior skills building, so I could teach non-mental health specialists how to deliver this program so we could bring so much more help to all these people suffering with these problems. So I began to develop the program 25 years ago, and it was called COPE. And again, through all of these subsequent studies, I've adapted it for different populations. I am passionate about the health and well-being of nurses, other clinicians, physicians, pharmacists. And I thought if this program works so well in all of these other populations, I bet if we adapted it for nurses, it could produce similar great outcomes too. So that's how it evolved. Dr. Sampson. I took over the nurse residency program back in 2015. And one of the things that I became keenly aware of early, early on was this idea that new grads, not only did they have stress, they were exhibiting something that I didn't quite recognize very, very early on. Nurse residency programs were developed to improve the turnover rate for new grads. And a lot of the turnover rate was associated with stress. We know that new grads have high stress levels. But what I was seeing went beyond stress, and it was, it was concerning. I was seeing young, healthy, energetic nurses, very excited about beginning their professional careers, go from having really high energy levels to being very sluggish, crying, reaching out for help, not really knowing how to ask for help. They were showing very early signs of burnout, and I didn't quite understand this. I had also just started my PhD program, and I knew my population would be new grads, but I was looking at other things. I was looking at other causes. I was looking for causes of stress, and what I found is we know a lot about stress with new grads, but we weren't doing anything about it, and the other thing was we weren't looking at mental health. We were looking at stress, but some of the things that I was seeing resembled anxiety and depression. And I knew, I was aware of Dr. Melnick's program and we, we were able to connect. And once I learned what, what the goals of this program was, I was very confident that this was something that could be used with 
my new grads. And so that's how I connected with this program and, and moved forward to do this particular study. And if, and if I could just add, Matt, I think blessed was the day that I met Dr. Bernadette Melnick. I had always also, like Marlene, loved uh, health promotion, mental health, mental resilience, but looking at taking it from the cause, which is where uh, the research sat, and hearing the statistic that it takes 17 years to get our research into practice. As a beginning PhD person myself, I asked myself the question, I want to spend my time where the evidence is, as an interventionist where I know it works. And so my excitement and my passion really came together with this intervention, and it's just been a sheer delight. Given that particular program, what was the purpose of this particular study? Sure, if I could start, I would, I would talk first about, I think we heard the National Academy of Medicine's call to action. And in that they've asked for increased solutions, right, to improving clinician well-being. That alongside with uh, Dr. Sampson's interest and passion in looking at this particular population. And then thinking about looking at longitudinally, how can we look at the longer term effects of what we saw in short term outcomes? So, you know, what was the uh, outcome on anxiety and depression and stress? What about their job satisfaction um, over six month time frame? So, and then um, obviously the healthy lifestyle uh, behaviors as well. So that kind of was the springboard to take this into a, a longer time frame. Jackie, I'm so glad you brought up the National Academy of Medicine's Action Collaborative on clinician well-being. Because back in 2017, the National Academy of Medicine said depression, burnout, suicide in physicians, nurses, and other providers you know, we've got a epidemic of these problems on our hands, and we've got to do something more about these issues. You know, nurses, physicians do a great job of caring for everybody else, and they often don't prioritize their own self-care. And so we've got to break down barriers. There are so many system issues that we need to fix. For instance, when it takes 10 or 12 clicks in the electronic health record to give a flu shot, that's a problem. When staffing ratios are not what they should be, when nurses are working 12-hour shifts, when we know the longer the shift work, the poorer the outcomes and the more medical errors that are made, those are big issues. So health systems have got to be able to create good wellness cultures and environments, fix these health problems, but again, getting back to this intervention, we also have to equip 
are nurses or other clinicians with evidence-based skills that we know can help them to lead healthier lives and to be mentally resilient. And that's what this intervention is all about. And another reason why it's so exciting for me to work with this particular population is currently they represent about 10% of our nursing population. That is going to go up very quickly as our baby boomers begin to retire. We're already seeing that. And if we could capture this group at the beginning of their professional lives and provide them with skills, can we, and, I, and I'm confident that we can, decrease some of these effects that we're seeing in mental health, poor physical health, suicide, burnout, those sorts of things. I'm so confident that this program is the key to providing that health and well-being for that population. The other thing that I'm excited about with some of Dr. Melnick's research is she was actually able to connect the dots between nurse health and patient outcomes. We have known that for a long time, but we haven't been able to measure it. And it's finally measurable, it's finally out there. Very exciting, it's powerful. And I really think that it's, it's an exciting time to be a researcher, especially in this, in this arena. How was the study conducted? Sure, so this was a follow-up study. The original study occurred during the summer of 2018 at a large academic medical center where we bring in about 250 new grads a year. So basically what happens is we bring a cohort of new grads in every month. So the cohorts that we captured were hired between July and September of 2018. And they were randomly assigned by cohort, so it was a cluster randomization, into either the intervention group or the attention control group. There were a total of 89 new grads that participated in four different cohorts. And the variables that we measured were perceived stress, anxiety, depressive symptoms, job satisfaction, and healthy lifestyle behaviors. The intervention group re received the Mind Body Strong, which is eight sessions. They were given weekly. They lasted approximately 30 to 45 minutes. And it focused on caring for the mind, caring for the body, and then the CBT skills that Dr. Melnick had described earlier. The attention control group, they received weekly as well, eight weekly sessions, but theirs was a debriefing session where they were allowed to talk about some of the things that had happened during the past week, what went well, what are you struggling with, they received peer support, and they also received support from um, the facilitator for, for that group. We measured at the beginning, so baseline, we did a baseline measurement. We also did immediately post-intervention, and then we did a three-month post-intervention. And then this particular article, we wanted to look at a little bit farther. How were the groups doing six months out, or, or, or actually three months post-intervention. And so that is what this paper captures. What were the findings of the study then? 
So that's the that's the really exciting part, right? That's where you dig in and say, oh my gosh, we know that this uh, intervention was just very, very powerful. So it's great to see those findings at post-intervention when you first measure following the intervention. It's even better to see it three months post-intervention and then to take it out and look at it at six months and see that the results maintained over time. So we continued to see anxiety and depressive symptoms uh, were lower in our intervention group. In addition, job satisfaction, which I found particularly interesting as well on the outcome. When you look at job satisfaction, you know that they were the same in both groups at three months. But at six months, we saw some difference. And we know from previous research that between six and 12 months during newly licensed RN, they have uh, of that first year, they show some decline in their job satisfaction. But what we saw with the intervention group is that they maintained a large effect size and they're in their job satisfaction overall and looked very good. And then the healthy lifestyle behaviors also showed compared to the control group improvement at three months and continued at six months. One of the things that really interested me with these results, and they really follow a typical new grad pattern that you would see. For example, the perceived stress, even though the mean scores at six months were similar, we still had a large effect size for the intervention group. But with those mean scores being similar for stress, it makes the anxiety and the depressive scores even more impressive because they, they reported the same stress levels. However, with anxiety and depression, the intervention group stayed within normal limits for those two measures, while the control group were still in an abnormally high range for both anxiety and depression. And so I found that really exciting. Like that, that piece was important for me to see. And we also had large effect sizes for all of those. And as an organization, because I'm not in academia, I'm in the medical center world, I know how important job satisfaction is for organizations because it's tied to a lot of things. It's tied to magnets. It's tied to accreditation and it's tied to turnover. And so even though the job satisfaction decreased from three months to six months, which is a normal trend for new grads, the intervention group remained higher. Their mean score remained higher for job satisfaction than the control group. And for an organization, that's, that's one of the important pieces for them because that means potentially keeping those nurses and also having a, a better score for the accreditation numbers that we need for, for those things. Dr. Sampson, what would you say are the recommendations from this study? Well, first of all, we need to continue to measure mental health variables, not just in new grads. I, I really feel that mental health variables are important across healthcare. So continuing to screen or beginning to screen routinely for anxiety, depression is, is gonna be important. In addition, I would like to see variables added to a new study. For example, one of the things that I didn't measure was burnout. And I, I recognized the symptoms of burnout, but I didn't measure that. So I think it would be interesting to understand 
when burnout begins with these new nurses and how different is it for nurses who receive Mind Body Strong as, as opposed to those who don't. I think that booster content is going to be important. We noticed that the mean scores did drop at the six-month point. So I think some booster sessions between month three and month six is critical to make sure that they maintain those CBT skills. And I also think that extending the time points out to 12, 18, and even 24 months is key to us understanding how this intervention impacts nurses over time. Why are the findings from this study especially important now in the midst of the COVID pandemic? That's a great question, Matt. Our team has done studies on nurses' health and well-being across the country. In a study we published in the Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine, we studied nearly 1,800 nurses from 19 healthcare systems. What we showed in that study, more than half of the nurses reported poor mental or physical health. This was the first study to actually show depression was the leading cause of medical errors. The longer the shift work, the poorer the health, and the more medical errors these nurses make. So that was before the pandemic. Now put the pandemic on top of that. We're going to see even higher rates of anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder. I can even see higher rates of suicide. Uh, we had a first suicide in a physician in the United States this past week. Somebody who contracted COVID actually got better, went back to work, they sent her back home, and shortly after, she committed suicide. We know of two nurses in European countries that also committed suicide. So it's going to be worse now with the pandemic. But here's something really important that I want listeners to hear. We still live in way too much of a sick care healthcare system. We have got to change the paradigm from sick care to more well preventive care. Because if we were doing a better job of that prior to the pandemic, it would serve as a buffer so that we wouldn't see such escalating rates of these problems. We wouldn't send a construction worker into a work site without a hard helmet. How can we send our nurses, our physicians, our pharmacists 
into these stressful work environments without giving them the needed coping, cognitive behavioral skills that they really need to deal with what they confront on a daily basis. So my dream is that this program gets into the hands of every clinician. Let's not wait till like Jackie pointed out, 17, 20, 30 years. We've got a lot of great evidence-based interventions that never make it into the real world to improve outcomes. When we know something works, it's evidence-based, let's scale it to help all these people. Well said. One of the things about this program is that it takes a holistic approach to well-being. So many times we do mindfulness, or we do healthy eating, or we do physical activity. This is a package. It incorporates all of those elements into a single evidence-based program. And that is what is so exciting, and it's why it works. You know, you talk sleep hygiene, you talk all of these things, it's included in this program. Thank you to our guests, Dr. Sampson, Melnick, and Hoing for your time, your expertise, and the discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And to our listeners, as always, if you have any questions, please visit our website at www.sigmanursing.org forward slash education. And thank you for listening.